to In the Word with Pastor Don Haskins, where we open up the Bible to see what God's Word says and how it might apply to our lives. Our prayer is that you allow Jesus to change you from the inside out. And now, today's lesson. Again, just going to read this through, and then we will just focus on 17 through 21. So, um, For we know that it is the earthly tent which is our house is torn down. We have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For indeed, indeed this house we groan, longing to be clothed with our dwelling from heaven. And as much as we have, having put it on, will not be found naked. I was joking this morning when John was tore his rotator cuff and I was laughing about the fact that John that um that just as the older you get the more that you just there's just aches you know I, I said I can't even stretch in the morning until I warm up to stretch you know because I'm going to pull something if I do that and so I was reading that this morning I just kind of joked about that man I there's just a point in your life you just long for that that perfect body you just like gosh man this body was so great at one point and I'm just I'm I'm something a little bit better you know I'm looking for the upgrade at this point you know um, for indeed, while we were in the tent, we groan, being burned because we do not want to be unclothed, but to be clothed so that what is mortal will be swallowed up by life. Now he who had prepared for us this purpose is God, who gave to us a spirit as a pledge. Therefore, being always of good courage and knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For while we walk by faith, not by sight, we are of good courage. I say and prefer rather to be absent from the body is to be at home with the Lord. Yours might be, say, present with the Lord. Therefore, we also have as our ambition, whether at home or absent, to be pleasing to him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may be recompensed for his deeds in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Therefore, knowing the, the fear of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are made manifest to God. And I hope that we are made manifest also to your conscience. We are not again commending ourselves to you or giving you an occasion to be, but, but giving you an occasion to be proud of us so that you will have an, an answer for those who take pride in appearance for, for, and not in their heart. See, at the time there was a lot of people that were just boasting up and just being proudful of what they were preaching. But there was, they were empty inside. So Paul's saying, look, I, it's, it's not an appearance that I'm giving you here. I, I'm, I'm, giving you, I'm giving you me. I'm giving you what I'm boasting in the Lord of what he's got. He's trying to justify himself and prove that there's a difference between me and the pastors and the people that you're hearing in the Corinthian church at the time. For if we are beside ourselves, it is, not, it is for our God. If we are a sound mind, it is for you. For the love of Christ controls us, having concluded this, that one died for all, therefore all died, and he died for us, so that, the, that they who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and rose again on their behalf. Therefore, from now on, we recognize no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to, his, to the flesh, yet now we know him in this way no longer. And this is our main area of scripture today. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things have passed away. Behold, the things new have come. And now all these things are from God, who has reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. 
namely that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God, as though God were making an appeal <clears throat> through us, we beg on, beg on your, your behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. He made him who knew no sin to be, to be sin on our behalf, that we might become the righteousness of God. And they might recognize it from that from the song that we had just sang there. So um, a new creation there, a new creation is, is a new creature. It's a new creature that implies that, that it's something that's different than what has happened before. You know, all of us have had a different person that we were before we were cri- with Christ. And so then this one here, it says that it's, it's recently made, it's, it's fresh, it's recent, it's unused, it's unworn. So a lot of times we read this part of the scripture and we say, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things have passed away, but behold, the new things have come. So there's a newness that has happened. There's a refreshing point. And so at one point, if all of us in here are Christians, which I hope so, at one point there was, a, there was an old you, and then at some point you, you gave your heart and your life to Christ, and then you, know, you, you became a new person. And you're not a new person to, to be a new Kevin, just to be a new Kevin in the flesh, to go, oh, wow, I'm, 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 I'm filing bankruptcy or, and I'm getting rid of all that other stuff and I'm starting afresh from that way. Well, no, because then you still have to, to carry something on with you after that. But it's a point that, man, it's, it's new. Man, as soon as I, I gave my heart to Christ and wherever that you were at the time, that something changed, that, that God came inside of me and whew, there was a flushing. And all that stuff was gone. And, and all of a sudden, there, there's a new Kevin. There's a different part of that. It's a new Kevin. It's, it's, a, new, it's a new godly Kevin. It's a new creation. It's, it's completely fresh and new. The old things have passed away. The old, you know, the, the, the original stuff, the, the, the previous moral condition, all the stuff that I used to do, all that stuff should be gone. It should have perished. It should be out of there. I'm not saying that you don't have temptations because we have, we have temptations the rest of your life. I mean, that, you guys know that. I don't have to tell you that. I mean, I think we all could go around and just, you know revel in the temptations that we have in our life and I don't think we need to do that. It's not very edifying. But, but there's a point where there's, there's that, that old stuff is gone. That old Kevin hopefully is gone. And I'm thankful that it's gone. I mean, there was, there was a lot of fun times back then, but it was a point in my life where I, I was joking around about just some of the, the things that I had done when, when I was sinning, you know. Oh man, I remember one night and I would just talk about it and then just the Lord just... Knocked on my heart. Kevin, do you, do you realize my, my son had to die for you to do that? Do you realize that? That, that sin that you're so thankful and happy that you had a great time doing, um, Jesus died so that you could do that. And all of a sudden, it just, it just, it just flipped it. And, and if you talk to me now, I really try not to give glory to those days. Not glory to the times where I had fun but man, I don't talk about, oh, I was up at three in the morning one time and we did this and we went to this place. No, you, you won't hear that from me. Not giving, not giving it glory, because that was giving glory to Satan. That was giving glory to the, the old Kevin that just was completely washed away and had no desire to have anything to do with the Lord or anything that was godly. And so the Lord just convicted me of that and said, Kevin, don't, don't give glory to those days. You're, you're a new creation. And you should be giving glory to the, to, to the one who deserves it. 
How do you lift your hands up to heaven and, and give glory to God for all the wonderful things that he does? And then out of my mouth, I'm sitting there giving a different, totally different testimony of what's going on in my life. Man, I, I just didn't want to do that. So as, as we look forward to that and we look at this, it says, now God is getting rid of our, our, our old current bodies. And there, there's not a, a fleshly body. I mean, I'll never have hair like, and not a whole lot of people got a lot of good hair in here this morning, but, you know, like whoever, you know. I was, was going to tell Jeremy, and then Jeremy was complaining that his was disappearing, and, you know, that happens. He's got four kids now, so, um, you know. I, but you get, the, you get the idea. Obviously, my body's not the body that I used to have when I was 20, and I've already discussed that. But all that stuff is gone. And, and what has happened to our old desires, my old desires, you know, whether you had a desires for drugs or whether you had desires for alcohol or impure relationships or, or maybe you were a gossiper or maybe you were just a, a drama person or maybe you just, you just whatever your, your thing was, all that stuff should be gone. Because see, now there's a, there's a new commander in charge of our lives. And it's Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ comes on the scene in your life. I was just popped into my mind this morning. I was watching a little bit of Star Trek last night when obviously I should have been studying because um, I was teaching today. But I was watching a little bit of Star Trek last night, like the last 10 minutes. And there's this guy on board in the, on the, in the old version, not the, not the new movies, you know, but the old versions of, of Captain Kirk coming on there. And, and there's this guy in the, in the captain's seat that doesn't belong there. And he's nervous. He doesn't know what to do. And there's like 10 Romulan ships kind of starting to approach because they're in the neutral zone and you can't be in the neutral zone. Although you think the neutral zone should be okay. Like you're, you're not one way, I'm not really in your territory. We're just kind of in between, you know? Well, they're bearing down on them. They don't know what to do. And this guy is the captain that's in charge. Is, uh, he's, he's nervous. He doesn't know what to do. And, the, and the, all the people on, on the deck are sitting there and look, look, dude, you've got to make a decision here. He doesn't know what to do. And all, you guys know what happened. All of a sudden the door opens on the bridge. Captain Kirk walks on the scene and he's like, bam, bam, you know, do this, do that or get this on the thing. And he starts making a, a false announcement that's going to happen. And he makes an announcement. and All of a sudden the Romulans back up because Captain Kirk is there, you know, and he just backs up off the scene and all of a sudden, bam, warp eight and they're out of there. All is good in the world because there was a commander there. And that commander should be the same commander for us with Jesus. And as we look at our lives, as we move forward, we shouldn't be that person that is so nervous of, oh my goodness, is this going to start happening back in my life again? Well, no, there's a new commander. Jesus has come into our lives and the Holy Spirit is here and he's saying, no, don't worry about those Romulans. Don't worry about that sin desire that you have. You, you come and take it to me and I'm the one that's going to take care of it because we are a new creation in Christ. The problem there again, and, and if guys, if you've been, you should have been looking at there, there's one important part of this is, is therefore if anyone is in Christ. I mean, there, there's, a, there's a reasoning that this happens. It's not just if anybody is a new creation. It's not anybody is a new creation. What do you have to do? There has to be something, there's a, there's a prerequisite within our life to be able to have this happen to us. I can't be a new creation just because I state I'm a new creation. You know, I'm going to be a plant today. You know, you're not a new creation just because you make a statement. It's the fact of if you are in Christ, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. Well, the key there is, is, is God in your life. And I'm not just saying that, hey, at some point I was at some crusade or I was someplace or something really bad happened and I cried out and said, Jesus, take my life. That might have happened. But I'm saying right now, 
Did you have a heart change in your heart? Was there a point where you just really just cried out to the Lord and said, Lord, I'm, I'm tired of fighting this fight. I'm tired of just battling against you. And I'm looking at you right now, Lord, and I'm just saying, I, I, I can't do it on my own. I know that the world says that I'm just, I'm just using you as a crutch because, man, I can't do it on my own. I'm, the, the world is just saying that you know, you're just a fairy tale, but, but God, I, I know you're real. And I'm asking Jesus to come into my heart right now, and, and just, I'm asking you just to, just to take this. Please, Lord, just wash me clean. And it's that moment when you, when you give your life to the Lord, when you, you don't hold anything back from Him and you just turn it over to Him, well, that's when you're a new creation in Christ. Why? Because now Christ, I'm in Christ. That's the part of the verse that matters here, is that if anyone is, is in Christ, again, I can't have a separation with my life and say, say that I'm a Christian, but then be reveling, not just reveling talking about it, but still be walking in the manner of the world. There has got to be a separation between the two. And when I'm truly in Christ and I'm truly seeking Him, well then guess what? Then I am a new creation. And when I'm a new creation, guess what? The world notices that I'm a new creation. And it's not just a, well, you're a Christian? I didn't know that. When, when did this happen? Well, I've been a Christian for 20 years. What? You've been a Christian? You know, the old Allstate commercial, the, the guys, you know, well, I go out on a boat. You've got a boat? You know? Yeah, I go out with my wife all the time. You're married? You know, I mean, these guys have been friends for like 10 years. We've been watching the commercials. He didn't even know he was married. The same way with some of us is, is that the people don't even know we're Christian. Not because I don't evangelize at work, but because there's no difference between me and them. There's got to be a stark difference between how you live your life and how the world lives theirs. You know, I can't, I can't leave here and wait for everybody to get out of the parking lot and then shoot down to the British pub down there you know, so I can watch the soccer games and take back a couple. I can't do that. I mean, I can do it, but I can't then still look at you guys and go, well, you know, there's a marked difference within my life. I'm no longer seeking the world. I'm, I'm a Christian. And you're like, no, you're not, dude. You're, you're drinking beer down there with the British guys. What are you talking about? There has to be a difference between us and where the world is at. See, that's, that's in Christ. There's a marked difference within our lives. So I'm not talking about praying the prayer, but I'm talking about have you submitted and have you given over everything to the Lord? Lord, take control of my life. He could not operate in the, in the old life the way that I was living. But then, in, meanwhile, I have to turn around and I have to get saved. And I have to be able to, to, to make a change within my life. And you guys know some of my testimony is I first started walking with the Lord in Fort Lauderdale. And then I, I was still going out with my friends on Friday and Saturday night. And then going to church on Sunday morning. So I was just, I was just, I was not happy. So I'm, I can't enjoy going to the bars with my friends on Friday and Saturday night because I'm like convicted the entire night. Why are you here? You don't belong here. You know, they, they dim the lights and it's supposed to be dark, but it was just bright. I mean, I could see everything in there. You know, I mean, I had like heat-seeking eyes or something. I mean, I could still see in the dark. It was just amazing. And the Lord is like, why are you here? And then you go to church on Sunday and you're like, I am such a hypocrite. You know, you're just miserable. Like miserable those nights before, miserable going to church because the Lord is just, dude, what, what is your problem? Would you just get off the fence? Would you make a decision here? Because like it says in Revelation, you'd be either hot or cold, but no, you're, you're lukewarm. And I just spew you from my mouth. I mean, it's, I can't even do anything with you. Because at least if you're hot for God, then you're on fire, you're going. If you're cold, then he can sit there and he can say, look, you're cold and this is really what's going on in your life. And he can really do something because you have to look up to God and, and that's the moment when something changes. But when we're lukewarm Christians, we just sit there and 
It's like drinking lukewarm. You get in the car, Christine likes, she doesn't mind it, but I get in the car and she's like, well, you want some water? And you drink it and you're just like, this is, ugh, no, I don't want this water. I mean, it needs to be cold or something, you know? And she'll just drink it. I'm just, I can't do that. This Lord is the same thing in our lives. We sit there and we're just lukewarm and God just, it's just going to spew you out of my mouth. What, what are you doing? Make a decision, you know? Either be for me or be against me. I don't care, but make a decision. He cares. You know the verses, but, but you know what I'm saying. You're not happy one way or the other. And all this is because of verse 18 and 19. It says, Now all these things are from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, namely that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against him, and he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. So what would be the word that we would probably want to pick out of this area of Scripture? Huh? Anybody? Anybody? Reconciliation, right? I mean, you guys are Bible scholars. It's incredible. I mean, it's just that easy when you start breaking things down. You're like, what's this word he keeps mentioning, you know? I mean, that's as easy. It's not hard to do this stuff, really. So reconciliation. Well, what is reconciliation? Well, you'd have to look that up. And it says, the process by which God and his people are brought together again. And so you guys understand that, right? So so here we are. And I said this in our prayer that, man, we're just we're just sinners, Right? And, and, and can a pure and holy God be around something that is not pure and holy? Bless you. Can he do that? No. So God's like, man, I want to have, have friendship with you. I want to have I, I want that communion here that I had back with Adam and Eve back, way back when, but I, I can't. Why? Because you guys are sinners and, and I, just, I, can't, I can't be around that. I'm too pure and holy and I could be around it, but you're going to get vaporized in a second. I'm just going to judge you and you're going to be gone. So he's like, I don't want to do that. I love you. So how, how do I do that? What's well, reconciliation? He finds a way. And so the process by which God and people are brought together again is what we call reconciliation. So the Bible teaches that, there are, that they are alienated, that we are alienated from one another because of God's holiness and human sinfulness. So we see that, and although God loves a sinner, Romans 5.8, okay, you guys know this verse, Romans 5.8 says, but God clearly shows and proves his own love for us by the fact that while we were still sinners, Christ died for who? He, he died for us. So God looks at it and says, man, I, I love these people, so I'm going to send Jesus down there, okay? So that even while they are still sinners, Christ died for us. So even while we look at it ourselves and we've, we were not walking with the Lord that entire time, Christ, way back then, 2,000 years ago, what did he do? He died for Kevin. Why? Because God's looking at it and goes, I just I, lo- I love these people so much, and and they are a pain, you know. I mean, as bad as the Israelites were, I mean, it, that's us as well. I mean, honestly, I mean, we we look at the Israelites in the Old Testament. If you guys are doing the Old Testament, read through the Word in one year. You guys are, are cooking through the Old Testament right now, and you know it. You read it. I mean, the Israelites were just up and down. Oh, we love you, Lord, and then they go serve their own gods. Oh, we love you, Lord. They keep going back. It's the same thing with us. You know, I mean, it's sit there and, oh, I love you, Lord, and Alabama game's on, you know, and then it's, oh, I love you, Lord, and it's come back, you know, and it just, that's just how we are within our lives is that we sit there and we're just up and down. Lord, I can't do anything without you. Why? Because I have no money. As soon as I've got money, man, things are cooking and, you know, I'm not doing devotions anymore. Why? Because everything's good, you know, I mean, God, I got it. Don't worry. Go worry about somebody else. Help them out. I've got this under control. Six months later, I'm out of money again, and it's, oh, Lord, help me, you know. And that's just the way that we are within our lives. And God says, no, I want to do more for you than that. 
I want to reconcile you so that I can, we can just pull together and we can just have devotions. And, and man, I want, to, I want to be there in the morning with you when you're reading your word. And I want to be there when you're doing your men's study. And I want to be just in that room with the guys. And I want to sit there and when you're talking about Paul and when you're talking about Timothy, man, I just want to be in the midst of it. And I want to give John a word so that he can share. And I want to give Steve a word so that he can share. And I want you guys just to absolutely enjoy being in my word because I want to reconcile and I want to just be a part of your life. And that's what God wants to do for us. And he wants to just, just pour out all this stuff that he has for us, this love and this, and this, this, this relationship. And, and, but none of that could have happened had it not been for Jesus dying on the cross. And it, not just for anybody too. Again, it's, it goes back to, are we going to make that decision for him? As we pull into this and we say, you know, that Christ died for us, it's impossible for him to not judge sin. I mean, he's just a righteous God. He's not one that's moved by what Supreme Court is in charge at this moment or what president's in charge or what political situations within the country. God is pure and holy. And he says, my, my word is true. And, and I'm going to act upon what my word says. And I don't, I don't care if, you're, if you have a liberal church right now and you're trying to change what my word says or if you're trying to say that, oh, somebody's going to hell because of they did this sin. Well, it doesn't say that. It says that if they haven't have a relationship with Jesus that they're going to go to hell. But I commit a sin every day. I probably commit a couple today. But it's through the grace of God that He's provided a way that I can be forgiven. And so it doesn't matter. God says, look, I, I have to be pure and true to what my word says. I've given you the outline. And if you do this, well, then I have to judge that. And I'll judge it purely and, and, and perfectly. And when people go to heaven and there's that great white throne judgment, they won't be in heaven, they'll go to the great white throne judgment. At that moment, they will know that there was really a God. And he'll say, did you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? No, it's not. And it, and it will be just and it will be pure and perfect. And well, then you can't enter the kingdom of heaven. It doesn't matter that you went to church. It doesn't matter that you sing great. It doesn't matter that you got up in a pulpit and you taught. What's the requirements of that? Not that you lived a good life. And through the sacrifice of Christ, people's sins are atoned for and God's wrath is appeased at that moment. Again, if you're in the Old Testament right now and you're reading through the Word, you understand that there has to be a blood sacrifice for our sin. The difference in the Old Testament was, the Old Testament was is that it would just cover it. So say this is your, this is your sin right here. The, the blood would come upon it. Well, it would just cover it. And so that God couldn't see it, okay? There's the, the sin of that the, is, is there, and the sheep's blood is just cut and covered right there, the lamb. I, I can't see his sin anymore. You know, Kevin is good. Go back out to your fields and, and, and continue to do what you're doing. But the difference now is that Jesus' blood is, is, is a step further than that. I and mean, this is like, this is the purest of purest blood. It, it goes in and it completely washes the sin away. As far as the east is to the west, the Bible says, our, our sin is completely gone. So God doesn't, God's not worried about, it. oh, it's just covered. It's like it didn't even happen. That's what atonement is. So God comes in and says, look, I'm going to do even greater. I'm just going to take Jesus' blood and I'm going to appease this judgment that has to happen and now it's completely gone. And then that's how reconciliation happens. And so as we come then before him, we couldn't enter the throne room. We'd have no right. You know, when Jesus died and the, the veil tore from the top to the bottom and it, and it opened it up, why? Because God was no longer behind that veil anymore. God was heaven and Jesus said, look, I have to go. Why? Because I'm going to send somebody greater to, to help you. And he will be a helper. And who is that? It's the Holy Spirit. 
So now as we come before God and we're able to go into the throne room of throne rooms, you close your eyes or you open your eyes. You don't have to close your eyes to pray. I don't know if you guys knew that or not. You can have your eyes open and you can just pray. And Lord, I just come into your presence right now. And guess what? You're in his presence. And you just lay down your petitions just like we did this morning. God, please. But the only reason that I'm allowed in that throne room is only because of my atonement through Jesus' blood and the reconciliation that has happened. It's a pretty deep message this morning, huh? Not bad in two hours. So, so as we sit there, and it's, it's, it's not because of a religion. It's not because of, hey, I go to Calvary Chapel, I go to Faith Baptist, or I go to Sarasota Baptist. It has nothing to do with a religion. What's the requirement? It's only the cross, correct? So everything that happens, it goes back to this right here. And so as Easter, as much as we love Jesus' birth at Christmas, okay, we love some Christmas time. And the, the greatest holiday that we have is Easter. The, the Good Friday where Jesus goes to the cross and, and you need to watch <coughs> Mel, Mel Gibson's um, Passion. Man, you, you, will, you will weep when you watch that movie and just realize what the sacrifice that Jesus went through. And then to realize that three days later that the, the grave was empty. The tomb was empty. Why? Because Jesus had ascended. There's no grave that could hold God. And so Jesus goes to heaven and he sits down at the right hand of the Father and he says, what? Here we go. Now, my people, these are my people. These are my sheep. And that was us in this room. That Jesus loved us so much that he was willing to go through all of that so that it would be atoned. That it has nothing to do with the church, has nothing to do with the religion, that the only reason we have reconciliation is through because of the cross and through Jesus' blood. So we go back to verse 18. Verse 18 says, now all these things are from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Now all things are of God who reconciles us to himself through Christ. He brings us back to favor, back to relationship with him. Verse 19 says right here, it says, namely that, that, that God was in, in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. Not counting there, you, you might have imputing, if you have a different word, it might counting. It, that's a banking term, just in case you were wondering. It's an accounting term. Okay, so if any accountants in their room or anybody deals with numbers, you understand that when you're, when you're banking or when you're, you're accounting something, you're keeping tabs of it, correct? So you're, you're watching it. You're like, oh, my wife did this to me today. Mark that down, you know. Oh, she did it again. You know, gave me the evil eye, you know. And, and, not, not, and she's looking at me going, he's a jerk again. There you go. And there he's a jerk again. So they're keeping accounting. You're imputing it. You're watching it. So it says, namely, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses. So it says right here that, that he was not doing that. Why? Because they had been transferred over to Jesus on the cross. That instead of taking, taking and looking, and could you imagine God sitting there writing down the sins of every single person in the world? I mean, that's, that's a job. You know, I mean, how, how would he do that? Instead, what he says is, no, it's, it, I'm transferring all that over, moving the ledger, and I'm sliding it over here to Jesus Christ. That everything is going to be completely washed off and taken care of. By doing this, there's no longer a war between us and God. You know, there's no enmity between the two of us. We're not fighting against each other. And not really fighting because God could just, you know, flick us or talk us and be, we'd be gone. But it's a point that we're not, we're not angry with the Lord and we're not, we're not wrestling against the God. That God has taken here and taken everything and he's washed it away. 
And that's why at the end of verse 18, Paul states has, has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Because see, when we have received this reconciliation, what should be the greatest thing that we talk about? Let me, let me tell you about God. Let me tell you about what God has done in my life. And then that becomes our ministry. It becomes a ministry that if, if this truly has happened, and I truly believe that I'm a sinner, I truly believe that there is a God in heaven, I truly believe that Jesus really died on a cross and has washed it all away, then, then truly I would want to let other people know what has happened. I mean, this is the greatest news ever. It's greater than the, the, the lunar landing. This is greater than, than you, you name anything. This is the greatest news that has ever happened on this earth is what Jesus Christ did for us. And so this ministry that Paul talks about that has been given to us, that's our ministry now. We need to go out and let the world know that, man, you can be reconciled with God. Things can be right between you and the Lord, the one who made you. And the sin that's between the two of you, he can completely wash that out, move that ledger over, and you're completely clean again. Right before God. Take care of it. Well, then that's why he moves into verse 20 and says, Therefore, why is the therefore? Because we have been given this ministry because of the, <clears throat> because of the reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were making an appeal through us, we beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled of God. He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our, right, on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And so he says, be, be an ambassador. Why? Because as he just said, he's, he's given us this ministry of reconciliation. So now go and be an ambassador. An ambassador is a messenger. It's an envoy it's an, who is officially representing a higher authority. So as you guys know, we have ambassadors all throughout the world to different countries. And what they do is they... Honestly, I don't know what they do. I think they just have parties all the time. It's really what I think is what they do. I don't know what they do. Every time I watch a movie, that's what an ambassador is doing. Or if it's in a bad country, they're doing spy work or something like that. That's all that I know that they do. We're, we're not spies, though. So, so we're just having parties, okay, is what we're doing. So we're ambassadors for Christ. And so we've been giving a higher calling to go and represent who? Go and represent God. I'm not representing the president, whether you like him or not. I'm not representing the Congress. I'm not representing whoever. I'm representing God. I'm representing Jesus Christ. And I'm representing the good news of reconciliation and atonement and, and forgiveness and, and just, I mean, all of that information. I, that's who I'm ambassador of. So I should be excited. You should be excited to be able to go, I can't believe God chose me to be an ambassador. I mean, he, he, he picked me and said, go out and do that. And now head out and be an ambassador. Be a representative of me. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So it's no longer, I've been crucified with Christ. Does that mean, Kevin, you went to a cross and you hung up there? No, Jesus did that so I didn't have to. So it says, I, I've been crucified with Christ. So in, in a sense, I've gone and said, you know what? I'm, I'm representing myself with him. And I've put myself up there and I'm willing to sit there and die. And therefore, whatever he wants in my life, I, it's no longer me who lives. It's Christ who comes inside of me and lives throughout my life. So that when people, when people talk about it, I can sit there and go, well, if anyone's in Christ, well, that's me. You know, Kevin's in Christ. Therefore, Kevin's an ambassador, and therefore, Kevin has been crucified with Christ. I sit there and look at people and go, yes, that's me. I'm the Jesus freak. I'm the one that's the butt of many of your jokes. But guess what? 
I've been told that you were going to do that anyway, so it's okay. They're not, they're not mocking me, they're mocking Christ. He said that as well. So if I shouldn't take it personal. You want to make fun of me? That's fine, man. You know what? Jesus still loves you, and I still love you. I may want to punch you right now, but I still love you, you know? You ever felt like that before? Yeah, I didn't think I was the only one. But Christ lives with me, so that the, the, the life that I would live now is in the flesh, I live by faith. And I'm not acting out of my own stuff. I'm, 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 I'm checking with the Lord. I've been in His Word. I understand what the precepts are. I understand the, the do's and the don'ts and kind of what I should and shouldn't be doing. And I should be walking in the faith that God's given me and, and live my life to abundance. Not harbor back. If you read the book that we were in, he said, it, William Hendricks said that if there's something that you want to talk to say that you've done 20 years from now, you want to be able to look back and go, man, I did that 20 years ago. Then go do it now. There's something that you so passionately want to do. Go do it. I mean, if, if you're lined up with what the Lord said and you're, you're ready to go, then go and do it. Do it for Jesus. We're encouraging our kids. And it's kind of scary because they're starting to get that age. Jonathan's our oldest. He's 16. And, you know, two and a half years, he, he's done with high school, you know, which is scary. And so the automatic thought then is that you just automatically go to college and then you automatically start your life. And we're like, you know, why don't, why don't you guys... The three of you start praying about, maybe I take a year off. Maybe you take a year off and you go on a missions trip for a year. You go to Ireland. You go someplace and do something that, that you couldn't normally do. Why? Because we all know when you get older and you've got a job, family, and stuff like that, it is a whole lot harder to, to process and make all that stuff happen. It's like an act of Congress just to get a vacation done. You know, I mean, between the planning and the driving, and then you get there and you're like, I don't even know why we're on vacation anymore. You know, and I mean, it's just, it's just hard. But to be single and to have no responsibilities or very little and just to have the freedom to go, Lord, wh- what do you want from me? I- I'm here. I- what-, what do you want me to do? Well, I'd love you to do this. I'm, I'm off. I'm ready to go do it. That's, that's what it's about. It's, it's looking at your life and going, well, what- what's the next step that I, can- that I can move forward in? Well, where are you guys at? Well, what's the Lord knocking on your heart? Well, Kevin, I, I've made some mistakes and I, I really can't. Well, okay. I think, I think everybody in this room has made mistakes. It's not a point of where that you're perfect in, you know, in the eyes of the world. Where are you at with the Lord? I just read that Jesus has washed me clean. So now I'm, I'm perfect in the eyes of God. And he's looking at me and saying, Kevin, I, I, I'd love you to, to take this step instead. It's an act of faith and I know that it's kind of crazy, but I want you to do it. Where are you guys at? What is it that the Lord is just tugging on your heart? You're like, oh man, that just that doesn't make any sense. I, I I couldn't do that. Well, pray about it. Is it your flesh that's asking you to do that, or is it the Lord that's asking you to do that? Peter walked on water. Why? Because he said, "Well, then come on out here." Peter's like, "Okay, well, he just called me. He told me to go out there. I'm gonna walk on. I'm gonna, I'm gonna walk on the water," and he did. That's incredible. He just, he just started walking. Why? Because he just had the faith to do what Christ had asked him to do. The same thing goes for us. I mean, if you're an ambassador for God and God's calling you to do something to, to represent him, then I'm saying be reconciled to God and let God reconcile you to himself. 
And that's the thing too, is it's, it's not a point of, I have to go and physically make sure that I, I do all this work and I'm struggling and I'm having a strife to, to make sure that I can reconcile myself to the Lord. God, there's nothing that you can do. Nothing that I can do. I can't sit there and, and, and try to be even you know, more pure and, and try to read the Bible even more in a day. And well, that's going to get me reconciled to God. No, not at all. Now you sound like a Pharisee. Now you sound like somebody of the, just the law that's going to just sit there and try to be as perfect as possible. But God said, I know you can't do that. Again, that's why I sent Jesus. And it's just a point of you looking into your heart and you submitting yourself to God and saying, Lord, I, I'm yours. And then all of a sudden, God's the one who does the work. I was going to say, let go and let God and I know some people love that, that phrase and I have a hard time with that because I have a hard time knowing what's, what's still my responsibility to do and what's God's, you know what I mean? So it's some people, let go and let God. And I'm like, yeah, but where's the, are you that person? I'm like, where's the, I know I still have a responsibility to do something though, so I don't know, I can't sit at home and eat bonbons and read the Bible and just let God, you know, I mean, there's still a responsibility there. And I think that responsibility that just comes in your, is, your, is your walk with the Lord. Your day-to-day reactions and actions to people. Your day-to-day activities outside of, of just trying to be pure before God is just say, Lord, I'm asking you just to help me to walk this walk. I don't know how to do this. Lord, I'm struggling. I've got I to gotta go to work today. And, or Lord, I'm struggling. I've, I've got to meet with my family tonight. And man, we don't get along. And God, I really want to represent you in the right way and I want, to, I want to love these people as you love them and I want to lead them to the Lord. And well, What's your story? That, that's, that's, that's where it's at. The let go and let God is, is you doing it, but then letting God to be the one that's responsible for the outcome of what happens. And if I'm seeking the Lord and if I'm, if I'm walking in a righteous way and I, there's really no, there's no sin within my heart, I'm not the one that's in there starting the fight and all that kind of stuff, I'm... Then I, then I allow the Lord to be the one that's responsible for the outcome. Why? Because I can't, I can't, I can't make the decision for them, or whoever it is that's within your life. And this is why it all happens. This is reconciliation. Verse twenty-one: He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf, so that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. And to me, the, the the key little phrase there is is in Him, you know. Kind of what we've talked about the entire morning is that it's it's still done within Him. Again, it's not done within Kevin. Kevin's going to fall. Kevin's going to fail. Kevin's going to say something stupid. But it's it's in Him. If I'm truly seeking the Lord, if I'm truly walking within His manner, then I'm within Him, and God's going to be the one that takes care of those responsibilities outside of that. You know, so for today, this morning, there's there's walking with the Lord. Hopefully, you guys are doing that, and you're you're ambassadors for Christ, and and you're representing God, and you're um, having parties and stuff like that for God. Amen. Whatever, your whole life should be a party. Maybe some of you guys are, are walking, but you you need to get back on track. You know, there's been there's been a little. There's been a little something within the path of your life and um, maybe you're off of it right now. Maybe you need to rededicate your life. Maybe you're at a point right now where you're like, Kevin, I, 
I, I mean, I am a Christian and all, and I, I've walked, but man, I'm, I've struggled. You know, I've, I've had a hard time, and I've maybe done some stuff that I'm not really proud of, and, um, and I'm just embarrassed to go before God, embarrassed to, to come before Him and to talk to Him. And can I just reassure you that, that, that He still loves you? I don't know what you've done. I don't know where you're at in your life, but I can, I can reassure you this, that, that Jesus loves you. That God, that while you were still a sinner, he, he sent his son to die for you. And then this morning, it would be a great time to rededicate and go, Lord, I, I, I want to be a new creation in Christ. And I, I want to truly give my heart back to you. And I know that I've, I've kind of pulled it back from you. And, and here I am today, Lord. I'm, I'm just giving it to you. And maybe this morning we have some that, that don't have a relationship. Um, not because we have new people here, but maybe some of you guys are a big faker. Maybe some of you guys have been in here for a year or so or two and you haven't given your life to the Lord. You say all the right things. I don't, I don't know your hearts. Maybe you come here and you're part of men's study. Maybe you're part of worship. Maybe you're... Christine? That's good. Um, maybe you're walking in a way that, that looks right. But maybe this morning, no, you haven't been. Maybe today is that day. Maybe today is the day. I know it's the day. Whether you need to rededicate your life or maybe you need to to get right with the Lord for the first time, today is the day for salvation. And I I promise you that. And I promise you it will not be a decision that you would be upset that you made. We're going to close and I'm going to ask you guys, if, if you are that person, please make your way up and talk to me, please. I'll be here as long as you need me to be here. And I'd love to pray with you. I'd love to talk to you. I'd love to make sure that that decision is is there. If there's any way that we can encourage you, you guys know that we we would love to do that. Okay? So let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for... Thank you for your word. Thank you for your grace this morning, God, of just giving me words to speak and prayerfully that that they went out well, Lord. And you met each of us where we're at today. And help us to truly understand the reconciliation of what you did for us, Lord, and the sacrifice that you made for us, that only because that you love us. There's nothing good in any of us that is here this morning. And it's just your goodness and your greatness. Lord, I do pray for anybody here this morning that either needs to get right with you, God, rededicate their lives, and somebody who doesn't know you this morning as well, that, God, that today would be the day of salvation. Today would be the day that the prodigal son comes home. I might also remind that the prodigal son, there was no condemnation, there was no frustration, there was no anger by the father when the son came home. He threw a big party. Today would be that big party for somebody who wants to come back to you because you love them. Father, be with us the rest of this week as well and help us to just glorify you in our walks. Help us to be great ambassadors for you. Help us to live a life that is a party. That is excited for what you have done for us, God, and to know that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords and that you are our rest, Lord. We ask this in your name. Amen. Hey, thanks for listening. So, did Jesus cause a change in you today? Or do you need prayer? We'd love to hear from you. Please contact us by visiting our website at calvarychapelcf.com or call our office at 941-926-3717. That's 941-926-3717. Again, thanks for listening to In the Word with Pastor Don.